Hi there, welcome to the Bedhead Chronicles. I just wanted to jump in and say this is a special bonus episode from Surrey's other podcast, uh, which she does with her wife Rebecca Keat and Team Surrey's Tri Club. Uh, Team Surrey's Tri Club is a triathlon club, but as they always say, it's not just swim, bike, run, it's who you become. So there's plenty of insights around life and personal development and everything you'd expect from Surrey. So uh, if you want to subscribe to that podcast, you can do so by just searching for the Beck and Siri Show, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the Beck and Siri Show. And here at Team Series Tri Club, it's not just about swim, bike, run. It's about who you become. On our show, we don't just talk to you about swimming, cycling, and running. We talk about mindset. We talk about fearless authenticity and being your very best self. Hi there, Cam here from Team Cirrus. This week on the podcast, Beck and Siri talk about setting clear intentions to help you reach your goals. Don't forget, if you want to join these chats live, you can join the Tri Club at TeamSeriousTriClub.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the live chat, everybody. We're both here, and we thought we would just do our chat while we're driving home, because we have an hour and five minutes in traffic, and we're a little early, but we're on the 270, is it? Coming out of Denver from UC Health. Siri uh, just had her blood test and her uh, pre-op stuff for preparation kind of like chat with our amazing stem cell doctor dr gutman from uc health he's amazing and um it went really well and we color coordinated we didn't mean to but we're both wearing our pink tops (laughs) yeah we are team pink yeah um how is everybody maria hills on hello lady how are you guys doing today i hope everyone is getting fired up and inspired to be training again some of you might still be on your off-season break but whatever uh period you're in as far as your training goes um keep balanced stay happy hi maria can you hear us please let us know if you can hear us because we're not sure if you can even hear what we're saying right now so i'm going to go on our facebook and make sure that everybody can hear us so give us a thumbs up maria if you can hear us please let's see if i can hear ourselves um, and we are a bit early, you guys, so bear with us. I'm just going to see if we can hear what we're saying. Because I don't know. It doesn't look like it. It looks like it's not on live. Look. Yep. No, somebody's been replying here. I can hear you. Oh, good. Oh, yay. Janet Dixon. Yay. Hi, um, so, guys, let us know. How's your training going? What are what phase are you in? Um, if you're not coached by one of us, we wouldn't know that. What phase are you in right now? And how are you feeling? Do you have your goals for the season as far as things you want to work on, things you want to improve? Have you come in contact with anything that you feel you're avoiding, things that you don't like to do, or you're finding it hard to get started doing again? What are those things? Let us help you get inspired. Let us help you get motivated to get excited for the things that maybe aren't your favorite things to do. Yeah, we want to hear that, you guys. And I know we're a bit early, but we wanted to tune in because we have a long drive home. And uh, we're quite used to this drive now up to UC Health in Denver. And I know that you said you can hear us, so that's great. Um, We didn't really have any specific topics that we were going to talk about tonight other than if you want to ask um, some questions. But it is coming into season. Some of you are in off-season. Some of you are serious that are coming into season. And some of you are on our program. So please let us know if you have any questions at all. Um, in regards to anything but to the start of the season or your training or the club Um, we just had a really amazing camp not long ago either and we've got some amazing new members Um, and we've also got uh, 
new coach coming on in the middle of the year and Mary Carmen is still has a couple of spots open but she's she's almost chockers too so we're we're doing great with our with our one-on-one coaching we're loving every minute of it with our new coaches in Maddie and MC so hopefully they tune in too I know what I would like to bring up went on caught the crud took a week off and I'm starting back tonight the team keeps me up. Oh, yay. Yay. Jenna, did you use chick- chicken soup? Serious chicken soup? Hopefully you made the chicken soup. And please know, Janet, um, first couple of days back, usually you feel a little rusty. That's totally normal. Don't push too hard. Be conservative as you come back. I would keep everything really easy for a couple days. Somewhat short. Definitely. Sure that your body truly is on the other side of this, which I know it is. Um, but be conservative. Don't try to rush back because you feel you missed some training. Um, be kind to yourself. Give yourself a couple days where you keep it relatively easy. Build back up and then probably by Thursday you should be ready to roll again normally. So a lot of people have been sick lately. So I don't think that might be actually a topic we should talk about tonight because we are really healthy. We're being extra cautious. We have to be touch wood. But um, in saying that, a lot of my athletes have gotten sick and I, I feel so bad for them because some of them just haven't been able to kick it. And I think, um, I don't think it's crazy to wear a mask when you're traveling. I don't think it's crazy to wear a mask when you're sitting in a doctor's room if you have to go get a blood drawer or something like that. One of my athletes got sick just doing that to get her blood checked. I think that you need to take all precautions. And I all, Sorry, sorry. And I also think that um, you also need to carry. Sa- what are you doing? I'm also need to my carry. Back hurts. Oh, also need to carry sanitizer everywhere you go. So washing your hands, wiping your hands, using your sanitizer, like sanitize all the time. Um, there's so many things you should be doing. Vitamin C. Um, there's um, what's that? Uh, what's that? Prep? Oh, uh, what's oil that? of oregano. Oil of oregano. It tastes like amazing. Crap. You can get it at Whole Foods. But if your throat gets sore, my throat was sore a few weeks ago, and I did a drop in my mouth. It tastes disgusting, but it definitely worked. And the chicken soup recipe, we have to go through it again because this stuff. I used to laugh at Sarah when she told me that. I thought it was an old wives' tale, but it's actually truthful that and there's there's not there's not antibiotics or anything in in chicken anymore they're not allowed to put it in there but um they do the garlic and everything else fights infection for sure so siri does like an uncooked chicken and fill the water over the top of the chicken in a massive pot and we go ott with the garlic we do like 20 cloves at um, least but be yeah. careful with that too because it can give you a lot of gas in the stomach upset so only have like three or four like um cubes per cup of soup that you have but um chopped up celery bag of carrots um we put cabbage in there and i use like 10 chicken stock organic chicken stock cubes um and sometimes you can put like noodles in there too if you want um what else am i missing is that all um, that's all onion, onion. like three or four yep. whole onions chopped up in there Very common. um it's absolutely incredible it works and i actually don't put a limit on how many garlic cloves you can eat because for me um, I used to always just, just to drink a, a whole pot that. of soup yeah. and I would always get, I'd be better within a day or two and just the severity of the symptoms were so much less when you make this soup. So if you want that recipe, let us know and we will send that to you ASAP. Yeah. And just be, warn your partner because the breath is pretty bad with the garlic. So make sure that you have some Listerine. And speaking of Listerine, I know that I just read that um, Catherine has strep throat. And one thing that really got rid of my strep quickly, and I don't know how it works, but was um, Listerine gargle like all the time. And the old school was like the, the salt water, but Listerine gargle helped me get rid of my strep really quickly. But strep's a bugger. But the good thing about strep is when you use your throat, usually you don't have 
huge other symptoms or anything. The chest infection, if you've gone from a head cold to a chest infection, guys, that's when you need to be really careful. Like I have trained in the past, done a light training with a light cold, a head cold, but when it goes to your chest, big no-no. You can really damage your heart, and if it goes to your chest, it takes a long time to recover if you try and push through it. And then, like Siri said, coming back from... Um, even even a cold, you'd be careful as well. You don't want to go hard for the first three or four days in the first week. But with a chest infection, your breathing is going to be so much more laboured with the chest infection because you just have that pain in your chest and that um, damage and inflammation. So make sure when you're coming back that you do not do anything hard at all. And if you're doing anything, um, I wouldn't even think about doing anything end up above about a 7 out of 10 RPE or even a 6 out of 10 rate of perceived effort, which is how yes. we usually gauge our, our training. That's our philosophy. So there you go. I hope that helped a little bit. Um, I want to say hi to Allard's on, Jeff Irvin's on, Catherine Weir's on, Maria Hill's on, Mary oh, Carmen's guys. on. Yay. So happy um, to see all of you here. I know one thing I would like to talk about because yeah. there's a difference and, and – the words I use may not resonate with you. I hope they do, though. Think about those sessions. Like for me, um, swimming was always my hardest sport because I didn't know how to swim when I started triathlon. And learning was very hard. And I know that every run session, I was super excited to get on the treadmill or to get on a trail and to go out running. But every swim session, because I already was, I would call, I, I will call it a suffering state over it because I knew it was going to be hard. I knew that it was something I really needed a lot of work on. It was harder for me to get motivated. It was harder for me to get to the pool. It was harder for me to get started. So let's find out the tools or how we can all step in every session, every training session that we have, whether it's our strength or our weakness, in a beautiful state rather than in a suffering state. How can you reframe what you're doing to get you excited about doing it rather than seeing you dread it every single time you have to do? Can you explain to them what reframe means? Because some people yeah. might not know what that so means. So for me, um, I remember with swimming, some of the ways I would reframe the swim and get excited about going to swim practices, I would say, oh my God, my legs are so trash from the bike and the run. Swimming's going to feel do that. so good. Recovery. Yes, yeah, swimming's going to be great for my legs. It's going to help me recover. The most important reframe is, hey, the more I go to the pool, the better feel I'm going to have for the water. The more days in a row that I go, the more days that I go and I swim, I'm going to be improving and making progress. That's an obvious reframe. But think about other ways. If you're really struggling about, oh my God, I don't feel like going to the pool. For me, it was like, wow, this is going to be the best way to recover my legs. Or, oh my God, my hair is going to get a little bit blonder. How cool is that? Or, you know, um, but there are different ways of reframing those sessions. Um, For example, a treadmill session. Some of you guys don't love the treadmill. I personally love the treadmill because it's truly... opportunity to make you run uh, faster runner. And and it did. Like for me, it took me from an average runner to one of the best in the sport, which I'm so grateful for. But a way to reframe the treadmill could be um, what a perfect opportunity. Say there's a mirror for me to work on my cadence. I can count my cadence. You know, every five minutes I'm going to check where my cadence is at. I'm going to look at my form in the mirror. I can keep a real eye on my technique. I can see what I do when I start getting tired. I'm going to get so much information that's really going to help me become a better runner. Or I can listen to great music or I can watch music videos on the TV, whatever it is. Find a way to reframe those sessions that get you excited um, 
rather than dreading it because we waste so much energy when you dread a session or when you're not looking forward to a session. And the single most important thing to remember is that every single training session that you're doing is making you better. Unless you're doing too much, then it's actually something that you need to think about. How can you reframe not training? I'll be stronger, I'll be more rested, I'll be able to give more tomorrow in my key sessions. But where was I? I'm losing my mind. We just reframe. Um, so just just reframing. But the key is like, especially with the swim, because I think for the majority of people, I feel like the swim is the toughest usually. Um, think about how the better you swim, the less energy you expend in the race on the swim, the better you're going to be able to tap into your power, your fitness, your strength on the bike and the run. Okay, so the better swimmer you get, the more you can tap into your greatness on the bike and the run. The swim is great recovery for the legs. It's going to help you recover. It's going to keep you injury free. Getting better at the swim, even though the results, you know, you sometimes the improvements are so, so small that you end up appreciating those improvements so much because you know how hard they are to come by. But the more you swim, the more you get a feel for the water, the better you're going to swim, the more ease you will swim with, and the better you're going to race all around. I love that. And um, and a good way also to get over that, I think, physically is um, just to do a swim block. And I know most people usually dread that, but something that I've done with my guys and the ones that aren't swimmers are like, ah, but the swim block is really good because you actually do believe it or not and I haven't met anybody that's done this and hasn't felt the same way they actually begin to love the swim yes. like they begin to enjoy it because they feel the water they get used to it and Siri and I have this thing with our we have some friends that we train I've had a few people that have come to us just for personal training type working out not triathlon and we have 14 days creates a habit and the swim block is usually between 14 and 28. And once you do the 14 days, it just becomes easy. So you're swimming, you actually begin to feel the water, you actually begin to enjoy it, and you actually start to feel like a swimmer. And speaking of that, you actually have to start thinking like a swimmer. And we always say to you guys, don't wear a garment in the pool. We're not just saying this to be cruel. Not, the, not, the, not only does it affect your swim stroke, but... You don't see Michael Phelps wearing a freaking Garmin in the pool. He learns to use the clock. He learns to watch his times. He learns to understand what cycle he's coming in on. He learns to like work out his pacing. And I think for you, one important thing for becoming a swimmer, um, when you keep telling yourself you're not a swimmer, that doesn't help, obviously. So get rid of that Good negative self-talk. You tell yourself you're a swimmer. When you look in the mirror, tell yourself you're a swimmer. And think like a swimmer and go back and be like become a swimmer have a swimmer's mindset don't use a garment use the clock warm up like swimmers do your proper warm-ups do your on deck like um warm-ups and your dry land stuff and start thinking like a swimmer and acting like a swimmer when you're in the pool and that will really help um i know a lot of my guys like the new some new guys that are new new to swimming or have been swimming for a while, they don't. They wouldn't even have a clue what time they're coming in on for their 100. But you should know that. You should know what your fast 100 is. You should know what your rest cycle is. You should know how to count your laps. Like people say, I wear my garment to count my laps. That is a BS excuse, you guys. Like if you can't count your laps, like you shouldn't be doing triathlon because you'd be dangerous out there on the course if you're not even able to count. So it's not hard to do. So I would say keep track of your of that just by counting. It does get hard off if you're doing 3,000 3, meters, but 
Here's some leverage too. I totally agree. One like a swimmer, you'll be a swimmer. Think like a swimmer. The more you tell yourself you're not a swimmer, you're gonna not be a swimmer. The more you tell yourself same with running. Yeah, it happens the same with running and running. This applies to everything. The more you think that you're not a runner, you won't be a runner. The more you think swimming is so hard, it's gonna feel even harder. You are gonna get what energy you put out there, what vibration you send out there. Oh yeah, let's talk about that. So, but one thing I want to add to what you're talking about with the garments is the other thing. Here's some leverage for you. When you wear a Garmin, you're gonna go so much slower because it takes you three seconds to, to lift up your arm and press stop. So it's that crazy. itself, it's heavier, it disrupts your rhythm, your flow. Get rid of it, learn to read the pace clock. It is so empowering and it's so amazing. If you're on your own and you have to do like an 800 time swim, say that's in your training program, and you know how to read a pace clock, it's so exciting because every 100 you can look and see where you're at and try and go a little faster the next 100. There's, it's so empowering, it makes you feel like a swimmer, and just feeling more like a swimmer is gonna lead you to swimming better. Yep. Babe, don't, because I keep looking at okay. it, and then I'm gonna, I'll okay, my wife's driving, if you didn't realize, so well, let's put it over here. Um, but good job driving and talking at the same time. Yeah, I keep um, looking at it, because I wanna look at them, and yeah, then I don't wanna okay, have Okay, she can't look at you guys, sorry. We love you, but she can't look at you. I can look at you, though. Um, I started sweating, so, so I now where was that? So with Garmin's, right, so we, we say to get rid of them there's time and a place for them for sure and i know some of my guys that the big frustrating thing for me is that i see them wearing a garmin for a long easy run like and they say oh, i need a time then get a freaking regular watch and use that for time and if you know the run loop is 10 miles you don't need to freaking time it i run without a watch now i know exactly how far certain loops are i don't need to time myself and especially like be free and like run free for your easy long runs um the only time really that i want my guys wearing Actually, I don't even have them ever wearing a Garmin watch in the run because most of their speed working intervals are done um, on the treadmill anyway. And when they do need to be on the road, then maybe yes, so we can record that. But I don't have them focusing on that. And I've got a great example because Aaron Nunabi, who has had like a long off season, came back into his uh, triathlon uh, living distance race this weekend. And that guy just did a PR and he said, oh, I forgot my Garmin. So I had a watch the whole time. I had no watch. So I just went went for by feel and I was like well isn't that how I've coached you and he did a PR on the bike he rode a 103 and he ran a 47 wow. and it's a PR awesome. and he's just coming into season he's not even fit so constantly I remember this video went viral of Siri talking to Ben Rodschek I forget how to say his name but Ben one of our members about why the garment is so disempowering and it, it just is like there are so many reasons and we're not saying we're against Garmin. There's a time and a place when Rindy will use it for her mile reps and stuff like that. And Ellie will use it just to see where she's at because you want to still be gauging yourself, but not every freaking session. Because it becomes a, a complete judgment zone all the time. You're always, am I good single, enough? Am I going right. fast enough? Yeah. Right. When you wear a Garmin, you're basically, every time you look at it, you're saying, am I good enough or not good enough? That's all you're ever saying. And to me, that is such a mind mess um, that yes, there are times and places to use it, um, and most importantly, I think, you know, record your session, yep. but don't look so at it at all during the entire after. session. Same with the book. Upload the session after, look at it after the fact, and then you can really learn about where, okay, where on this 10K run do I get most tired? Is it on the hilly section, or is it, you know, early on, it takes me a while to get warmed up to feel good? Like, it's great to have as feedback after the session, but when you're constantly looking at it, you are just constantly judging yourself in every single moment, and that truly is gonna limit your potential. Yeah. You are going to not be able to perform to your utmost potential because you're either thinking that 
I'm not good enough and that gets in your or head. Or I'm going so too fast. I'm going too fast. Or I'm going too fast when what if, yeah. what if you're going faster than you ever have been, but you feel amazing. You're not even breathing heavy. What reality? And you would never know that because you wouldn't allow yourself to, if you thought you were going too fast because you see this number, you would just slow down. Whereas if you record it, and then later on you, you say, go, wow, oh, I wow. Felt, I felt great on that yeah. run. I felt so comfortable. And then you look and you've had a PB by five minutes. You suddenly realize that, wow, I'm so much fitter than I actually think I am. And then you've given yourself a huge boost and some incredibly powerful information yeah. about how you felt in regards to what those numbers were after, when you look at them after the fact. Yep. And the time, the one time I would use it, I would tell you, because people say, well, when will you use it then? So I would say, if you've got, um, your gauge is saying, for me and Siri, when I was racing, now I'm not racing, but when I was racing, it was an hour build run. And a good gauge of that was the, you do the exact same course under the exact same conditions. And we would have, like, it's a 15K build run. And we'd go five, five, and five. And we did the last five on the treadmill. And the only time I would look at my watch was the first 5K was like a seven out of 10. It was like, 70 I was like just above 70.3 pace and I'd go around 20 21 the second 5k would be like above 70.3 case like down to probably 10k pace for me and I'd I, effort, I, I you should say effort effort so, effort, yeah. effort effort and I usually I would be hitting maybe I don't know 19 or just under and then the last 5k I'd be on the treadmill and I'd know and I'd be going as hard as I could for that and I remember one day I think my best was like a 17 15 or something nothing anywhere near of what Siri used to do. unbelievable. But that is a good gauge. That's a, that's a time when you want to use it, but you don't want to look at every kilometer. You want no. to look at it like each 5K. Oh, shit, I'm on track. Or don't even look at it. Wait till the end, and you'll, you'll know what you're at if you do the last. A good way to do this is the last 5K on the treadmill because you really can push that speed under fatigue and have good technique. That I love doing that session. That was one of my favorites. And then for the bike, I would say same thing. Um, for my guys, sometimes I want to know that they're, you know, they're, they're, they're going as hard. I don't usually have a problem with asking my guys to go as hard as they can. They're not usually a problem with that. We, we attract that, thankfully, in our group. But a max power effort, I want to just make sure that their their max power is going up and their, their um, you know, their efforts, their time trial efforts are improving. So I'll say record it, but don't look at it. And if I say they've only hit, if you these guys that talk watts per kilo, I know some of you guys are obsessed with that. If they're only hitting, say, four watts per kilo for their 30-second max effort, I'm like a little more of you in that like adam for example he should be hitting seven because this guy rides like a 210 for 70.3 so you know those sort of times is when you will want to look at the numbers but other than that like we never actually look at them while we're doing the effort you just don't yeah. just, be free you can't say oh oh no if you're going as hard as you can and then you look at your watch and you've got nothing more what how is looking at your watch going to help you other than be a complete mind if you see you know what I mean exactly yeah, yeah. but so, most importantly guys the biggest thing I would say is that when you don't um, obsess over the numbers on your watch you're gonna actually find that you are getting so much more out of yourself than you even thought you had yeah. so if you want to really you know remove the ceiling on your ability your potential your speed your power yeah. get rid of the watch go by effort and every once in a while just belt out a time trial of some sort and you will see how well this works it's yep. going to be truly empowering for you yep. and freeing for you and it will bring out the best in you i put my every word on that me too and with our programs you do not leave any stone unturned we make sure that you're always lifting aerobic capacity you're always getting your strength you're always improving your threshold um, that's how our sessions are all designed that's where i think we have 
we're really fortunate for me and Siri to have our 25 years, or well, it's 45 combined years experience, um, and they talk about sport because both all of our philosophies are combined and they're all from trial and error and error and see what works, see what doesn't work, and we're constantly, I mean, I'm listening to constant research on on new ways and new, and the funny thing is Siri's been so ahead of the, of the curve for so long, sometimes she used to give us sessions, I had no idea why the hell we are doing a 30 second max power effort when I'm an Ironman athlete, and she would try and explain that, and now the science is supporting it 10 years later, and it's it's insane. So we we're so we're so proud of what we've you know what we've developed with our programs and with our team and the results that we've gotten. So if you guys have any questions on that, please ask us. I just saw my twin sister come on. Hi, Simi. I'm going to embarrass her now because my sister has been our rock through all of this. Yes, my twin, she has. my Simi, has been my my savior for like many a times in my darkest times, and um, she stepped up right when we uh you, right when we needed her um she's now working for herself which about time she so deserves this and she gets to be at home with her twins yes we have twin nieces and they're identical girls and i'm a twin girl very funny um we have a lot of fun with that but my sister stepped up and really uh taken the reins and um, helped me with our gala that we have coming up in march in, in la our incredible fundraiser gala we have willie nelson's daughter we have melissa etheridge we have juliana hoff we smokey have robinson. tony rob tony robbins smokey robinson we have a few other little celebrities that i can't name that are huge a-list celebrities that are going to turn up for our event and we're just so grateful and i could not do that without my amazing sister she has been unbelievable. She whips stuff up. She whips spreadsheets and budgets and sponsorship decks. And I'm like, how did you do that? And she says, well, 25 years of the corporate world does help a little bit. So, Simi, I hope you can hear me. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you Simi. That. We love you. And Leanna's just come on. And while I think of it, Leanna is doing a 24-hour triathlon. Thank you, Leanna. You're amazing. And she's raising money for Believe Ranch and Rescue. We're so grateful. Oh. And I want to get behind this. I believe and what it's a fun in, event that's going to oh be. Oh, my God. I so want to do it. It's in August. And even Siri may even be able to do one small part of it by then. We, we're feeling she'll be out, probably, hopefully out of recovery by then. Um, but 24-hour triathlon, and we're going to do it across the globe. She's starting it in Canada. And it's a very, very – she's actually going to set the world record for I think it's Olympic distance because it hasn't been done yet and she's probably going to hopefully break the current world record for um, as far as you can go for a 24-hour triathlon. Wow. And we're doing it in teams too. So if you want to get behind that, contact Leanna. Um, she's here in the club. So reach out to her because it's really exciting. All the money raised is going to go to Believe Ranch and Rescue. So it's pretty cool. Amazing. Okay, Amazing. so we have... Um, I also want to congratulate Eileen that did her um, run on the weekend. I saw that she finished it, and she's going through some niggles at the moment with injuries, and she's getting surgery soon, so I want to congratulate her because she did amazing. Amazing. Congratulations. So proud of her. She came to our awesome. camp. Yes. Megsy Schaefer says hi. Yes, it oh, goes. Oh, Meg, yay. Sister Power, yeah. So, yes, Megsy, it goes to Believe Ranch and Rescue. It's amazing. Um, and she's got it on her Instagram. She's going to post it on the page. Great. Um, every training session is making me better, too. Since I quit checking the watch every lap or K, I have I leave numbers up to Mary Carmen. Oh, good! I awesome. love that. So this is one of MC's athletes. We love our MC. She's amazing. So, and she's honestly learned all of our philosophies for like is it three years now that she's been with you? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. And I tell you, when she first came to us, guys, she's such a beautiful person. Her smile just lit up the room. But I did question Siri because Siri was coaching pros at the time. I said, babe. 
this girl, like, she doesn't know how to swim. What's happening? She goes, I love her. She's in the team. She, I can see she's a fighter. She's going to work hard. She's not questioning anything. She's working hard. She was getting smashed in the pool, lapped, swum over, exhausted, and Siri did not give her any leeway. And um, and now she's got a pro card. So And, guys, like, she really... Um, Talk about leaving no stone unturned. I mean, mind, body, spirit. It's the whole journey, isn't it? And Mary Carmen has just constantly impressed me with her willingness to work every aspect of her body, her mind, her spirit to become the best athlete she can be. She now flips over hundreds under 130. Um, coming from a place where she could barely swim at all. So I am saying, so... It was over two minutes, I would oh, say, when she first came. Though, just to give you a relevance yeah. there. I'm so incredibly proud of you, MC. Uh, you always make me proud, and you are making me even prouder as a coach and the incredible work you're doing with your athletes. But I love, MC, how your athletes said, I leave the numbers up to MC. And that's exactly right. And sometimes it's going to feel on those hard days like the number she gives you is crazy like that's impossible how is that even possible but let me tell you that if any one of us coaches lays out a number for you to hit okay that means like say you're gonna run 5k and i believe you can do it in 21 minutes if we give you a number and if it sounds crazy to you just go for it okay just trust because we will never give you a number that's impossible we will give you a number that's going to stretch you massively but we will give you a number that we know that if you lay out your best effort you free yourself you allow yourself give yourself permission to go as fast and as hard as you can you will hit that time no doubt but it will seem scary it will seem impossible but we will never give you something that's going to hurt you or that truly is impossible yeah it's just, unless i accidentally am falling asleep writing my programs and accidentally write nine miles an hour for someone that probably can't do that <laughs> it has happened True. once or twice yes like go yes. out riding with scott i'm like who's scott yeah. <laughs> it does happen every now and then no but um yeah so if you have any questions you guys please post them because we haven't done a live chat for a couple of weeks and we weren't planning on doing um it for another hour but i can see we have like 12 people on so that's awesome um while we're waiting for questions because it's got to be some of you guys we get so many i want to go through my favorite i think Siri and i should do our favorite swim bike and run workout in season I'm going to go through my first one would be my favorite swim session that I ever used to do. It is not the 2K time trial. Ellie sold house. You're crazy. That was her favorite. Um, my would probably be, I would say, and this is like a hard workout. I would say probably our 2050s with paddles flat out. 40. Oh, sorry. 40, 50s with paddles. It was usually three fast, one easy. And we would leave on, what would we leave on usually, 40? Sometimes we'd leave on 40. Um, 40, 50s on 50. Okay, it was 40, 50s. Oh, oh, you're talking about the one, three on a minute, one on 130. Um, 10 sets of four 50s, three no, on a minute, one on 130. No, I'm talking about the 40, so it must have been the 40. Okay, then 50. that's 40, 50s on 50, so there's no so it's easy. It's all relative, They're all hard. It's all, okay, so it's all relative, so that's on the 50. And Siri's going to explain, like, the reason the, behind that session. So it was 40, 50s on 50, and you're going as hard as you can. I mean, we were holding, like, 31s, 32 with paddles on. Ellie would be holding even 29, 29, 30. And so we'd be getting, like, 20 seconds rest. But, I mean, for you guys that are swimming maybe 60 seconds per lap, obviously you're going to go on, like, a one minute cycle or something like that 115 but for us who would come in on 29 we were getting 20 seconds rest and that would just give you enough time to gasp for a little bit of air you couldn't really talk and then you'd go again and that threshold work that was like a really hard threshold so Siri explain 
the reason behind that session? Uh, it's one of my favorite sessions in the world. I mean, it's an, it's obviously a threshold session, um, but at the end, so the goal is to not be all over the map, like 29 seconds, 35 seconds, 28, 30, 40. You know, the key is to, if you hit 31 on the first one, let's say 36 on the first one, you hit 36 on the first one, your goal is to hit as close to 36 for every single one of those 50s. And you're getting such short rest, okay? But at the end of the day, when you count it up, you're like, I just swam 2K. That's right. At 36 seconds. Which is a 1,200, which is. Which would be this for a half Ironman swim, right. it gives you the confidence that you can definitely do 40, 40 seconds, seconds right. or 40, 50. I wanted to explain that because it's so important. Like People think, well, I can't hold that for 2K. Oh, it's it's like, no, but you could, your threat, lactuck threshold has now gone up. Your high-end aerobic has gone up. Yep. Everything's gone up. Even your mental capability of holding that effort under pain. And so then a 40-second, you're like, oh, that becomes like a piece of Amazing. cake, and it really did. Like that's just one of those swim sessions. Really, is and what it makes got me you so that. tough. It makes you so tough, and it really trains you to be in the moment. Because if you try and get through a set, and the ones that are doing like well, times all over the map, it's because mentally they they're in and out, in and out, and struggling focus. to keep that laser focused. So it really is a test. It's a, an exercise for building your mental toughness and your focus, that laser focus of being in the moment, one at a time. And I always say it's just one fifty at a time. All I want you to think about is si- this I'm telling you guys, now. every single one of those 50 hurts like a mofo. I, none of them don't hurt. They all hurt as much as each other. But if you're <laughs> thinking about the next 50, you're not giving no. all your power to the 50 you're on right now. So with anything you do, any rep, any minute of any session, be in the moment. We are most powerful when we are in the moment. So if you want to have your best performances, be fully present in the moment, doing the best that you can in every moment, and that will put together your very best session or your very best race. So that session, you can start by doing 2050s, but um, it really builds your mental toughness, uh, your laser focus, your ability to be present, because what you realize is that the more present you are when you do stay in the moment, in each 50, the set goes by quicker, your performance is better, and the result and the benefit from the session is better. So, um, lots of leverage there to do it right. Awesome. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell them my other favorite session. It was probably the 8025s and the 8025s. And yeah. I give my guys this a lot. And Siri, when I came to her, I had really long, slow stroke, and she said, "You got to up your stroke rate." And I was like, "No." Brett had me swimming really long and strong, stretching out. And for me, I used to get hyper, I hyperventilate a lot. So then I go into bilateral breathing. The the fast stroke rate was so good for me. But how we started that was we started with 2025s with band only because that ups your stroke rate, gives you a jump long uh deep sorry deep strong catch and it has you if you have the proper straight arm recovery like we coach um it really gets you pulling through the water and the stroke rate's the important thing with the band only but it really helps your stroke rate and that was my favorite session we'd start with 20 25 three fast one easy and then we build up to 40 of them 60 of the 80 on most weeks mainly and decay we do like 125s at least every week probably sometimes twice and build up with it start with if you have trouble with band only it's probably because your body position isn't good your stroke rate's too slow or your catch isn't strong and deep enough so i would say if you're sinking put your head down up your stroke rate and have a nice strong straight um entry so that you're really pulling the whole entire water from underneath you and exiting right out the back so uh, I would try and start, and if you're not good with band, 
try band only, but we would usually do like 20 band only, 20 swim, 20 band only, 20 swim, or we do the last 10 with paddles or something like that. And it just builds up that technique under fatigue. And it's training your body to hold that fast stroke rate. But it's it's just kind of kind of as I guess a similar would you say Siri a similar conditioning for your for aerobic yeah, system? Yeah, very but, similar conditioning. But there's one thing I would change from what you just said. That would be I would do that you all would 40 band only and then all 40 swim because you want to have like as little change you want it to be mentally tough unless okay. you have never used band before because that would oh, be yeah, almost true. impossible okay yeah good point good yeah. point um but, but yeah what? it's the same exact um philosophy it's it's a threshold set it's a speed set um and it's a mental toughness set so um absolutely incredible and when we were doing that you and Leanda both. Leanda was already leading swims out, but she was leading swims out now like easy rather than having to kill herself. And riding better because she wasn't as exhausted. And you Kona out that year. Yep. She was first out of the water in Kona. So, guys, um, that's a set also. Like, if you're ever, um, you know how sometimes when you're in a training block and, you know, the bike will be feeling feeling really good, but maybe the swim's not feeling so great yeah, during that period sluggish. of time. I always give that feeling sluggish in the swim or you feel like it's just not coming around sets of 25s like just 20 times 25 throwing those in every single day is going to get you feeling so much better ellie seltas always says my god those 25s just put me back in my rhythm again i feel great in the water again so it's kind of like doing turnovers on the run it yeah. just makes you feel so much better um so i would kind of uh call that similarity um that if you're ever feeling sluggish on the swim throwing a set of 20 25s yeah. three fast one easy guarantee you you're going to feel better and you're going to end up that session or that block whatever it is feeling so much better yep and i will for my beginner guys like if you've never done speed work and never used a band i would say do and this is not ideal but if you're exhausted doing just three of them i would go build one to four and that's not that's not perfect but i would go build one to four if you're not used to it and if you're asking about rest cycle i would say we used to always do them on the 30 second cycle but if you're only coming in take 15 seconds that's all you'll need 15 seconds and then on the fourth one um, we used to actually push off on the third and just swim easy to the fourth so we wouldn't actually stop on the wall on the third one we'd swim through so we get an extra like 30 seconds rest every four so I hope that makes sense but um, if you're just starting like try doing three fast one easy and if it's a bit much you can always do the build one to four but usually if Siri's on deck coaching you she wouldn't allow that I'm just being really nice right now so <laughs> we have some questions um, Siri Megan Ling Hi Megan, how does water running help with real running? What's the science behind it? I love it, but need to know why it's good for you. Well, it, firstly, it's the same biomechanically, like you're doing the same movement. I can give you a really good testimony, and Cyril will dive into this because she did a lot of water running. Um, I ran for eight weeks in the water before Montremblanc and had a 304 run, one of the quickest runs I've ever had in Ironman because the thing is you're getting the conditioning aerobically on the bike and on the swim. So your heart doesn't know if you're riding, running or swimming. So you're getting the conditioning. You're not really getting in the water as much. You can get your heart rate up for sure, but I felt like I was getting my conditioning aerobically in the run, in the ride and the swim. So do all your hard efforts, still really hard efforts and intensity there. You're getting the weight bearing a little bit on the bike, not so much. So that's one thing that the muscle break down the fatigue maybe a little more so it may hurt a little more but I do believe that you can do that without losing much fitness at all you may lose the feel but I do believe that you can do it without losing any run fitness a lot of it's a mental thing so Siri uh, I yeah I just am the biggest believer in water running deep water running with the belt mm -hmm. um, 
the way I do it always is we always do hard intervals because in mm -hmm. order to get your heart rate up as high as it would be running, you've got to do intervals. So doing an easy run in the water, that would be more for like recovering the legs. But when you're trying to maintain your run fitness, um, I remember I got a run injury. I was in peak run shape. I water ran for a full month. I had one week back on the land and I had, I ran 34 flat in Edmonton, Ooh. one of my best runs off the bike um, at that time. And so I believe in it 1 million percent. It's the same, me same mechanics yeah. um, minus the pounding. Like Beck said, you're getting the fitness, you're getting the strength from the swim and from the bike. And as long as you're keeping up those things and believing in the water running, it will work yeah. for you. It will yeah. work amazing for you. But if you're showing up every day not thinking, oh, this couldn't possibly be working, no. then it probably Mine won't work for everything. you because you're setting that up. Yeah. But uh, all my athletes, because Beck and I believe in it with all our hearts, we've had proof with, I've had multiple Ellie, athletes everyone. that have water ran and come back running better than ever. Um, like Beck said, the only thing when you first start running again on land is that your feel. Um, it takes uh, maybe a week or so or a few That's days to get your feel yeah. back, but you will be amazed at how great you feel running because my belief is that when you do it right and um, I've written a few water running programs. I think Maddie just po Maddie them. just posted. If you look back a little bit, an amazing post on look up water running. Maddie, if you're on, please post it again. Maddie just posted up technique in water running. Oh, and, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, but the thing there, uh, what was I going to say uh, uh, about water running? About the technique, was it? Uh, you posted something about technique. I was. I, I lost don't know. you I'm saying it. Sorry, uh, sorry, guys. I was on a train of thought there, but, but, but I lost. But we it. would we would recommend you doing. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. It's okay. We would recommend you doing if you have a, if you're confused and you don't have a coach and you're injured. Um, when you're injured is actually funny because funny saying that because when you are injured is when you really do need a coach because most people have no that's idea exactly what they're doing. Right. I'm leaving because I don't. I'm injured. I can't train. It's like well, that's crazy. You really need. That's a coach actually right when now. you need more support, yeah. guys. So I would even. be doing your run session if that is you and you can't run. I would be doing your run sessions in the freaking water. Just do the exact yes. same thing. You'll be a prune. So try not to do it when you're like, it's hard to do it after your swim because you're want to just get out of the water, but try and do it and plan it for when you're doing your run session. Do the exact same session. And here's some keys for that. Um, some things you can do, you can still, they still sell, um, you can find those little iPods. Oh yeah, Lisa's um, got one. Wear a baseball hat, uh, put your They're iPod in your hat. ones now, baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You perfect. can buy waterproof. Okay. Yeah. Or you just get one, put it in it's your It's been hat. a while. Waterproof <laughs> headphones. Um, play some amazing music to yes. keep your tempo up. Um, it's just and amazing. I believe in it with all my heart. And I still prescribe it for my athletes on easy yeah. run days. Some of I those that, that. Um, whose legs get extra kind of tight or sore from running, I'll have them do their easy runs in the water. And it's just an incredible, uh, an incredible replacement for land running. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. So I hope that convinced you, uh, Megan. I hope that helped a lot. Okay, this will be our last question because we're almost home and then we've got to feed our horses. But Alison, Larishelle, well, she's my athlete. Okay, I better answer this one then. Well, maybe you can answer it as well. Um, I'm finding it hard learning to bilateral breathe. Well, this is the first I've heard of this, Al, so thank you. Um, when I try to breathe to the left, I feel like I'm not getting any air. I totally get that. I used to have the same problem. Um, and the body position just isn't right on that side. So, Al, first... I would send your coach, <clears throat> which is me, a video of your swim again and see if we can pick anything up. My 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 intuition is telling me that it's possible you you may be breathing 
too far back or too far forward so that could be something you also may be crossing over with your right arm if you're having trouble breathing to your left so that may may affect it as well but send me a video siri any tips on that uh, bilateral breathing um, I think band only is a great way to practice that I Siri made me breathe to the left I never ever breathe to the left I used to wonder why I went off course why I had a sore back I got double disc bulges because I was always twisting to the right twisting to the right she made me breathe to the left I hated her for it at the time but it really helped my back and it also helped my swim because when you're in an open water the buoys can be on either side you just don't know you need to look at people around you it's it evens up your stroke so I would Whenever you're warming up, Al, I would wear a pool boy band and practice your bilateral, even band only, but practice bilateral breathing the entire warm-up. Even if you don't do it in the main set, just practice it. And I would say one other thing to take note of is make sure that you are exhaling under the water before you're breathing to the left because some people, they'll do it fine breathing to the right, but on oh, yeah, the left, Andy. Andy used they to do that. lift their head and exhale and inhale, and that's why you feel like you can't get enough breath. Breathe exhale under the water blowing bubbles and just turn to inhale and that should make it a lot easier to feel like you're getting as much air in perfect and when you're breathing out in the water you're breathing kind of out your mouth and your nose and you it sounds crazy to say i'll breathe like you are on land because that sounds easy to say but it's harder to do but you do you don't want to breathe out guys when your head's down you don't want to go get all your air out where you gotta go like that and my mom this is so funny my mom and i said she said to me one day when i was younger well you're breathing all your air out when you go to breathe it's like you're gasping and i was like oh do i do that and i was doing that because i was told to breathe all my air out if you breathe all your air out also your body position isn't ideal because you don't have the air in your lungs so you're sinking a little bit but also you go to breathe and you got to suck the air in I'm doing it now while I'm talking without breathing, but if you can just breathe out a little bit under air where it's comfortable and you're not thinking about breathe out all my air, breathe out all my air, breathe out all my air, just breathe out, roll to breathe, breathe out, roll to breathe. Make it like as much as you can, as natural as you can. I think some people get caught up in trying to excel all their air and they go to breathe and they're like, <gasps> and they're gasping and then they've got to hold their head out for so long to get that air in. So breathe out your mouth, your nose, whatever feels comfortable, comfortable. And just do a slow breath as soon as your head goes down. Um, and it's definitely not all of your air. You still have a little bit in there. Don't think you've got to blow it all out. I'm rambling now. Perfect. But that, I think that makes awesome. sense to you guys. Yeah. So, awesome. Al, I hope that helped. Um, I would say warming up with Pool Boy Band, practicing it the entire time. And remember, um, you want to breathe to... Uh, for Siri and I, we think we always say nine and three, but if you're breathing at five and six on a clock, then you want to aim to like 11 and nine because you, then you're going to end up at, I know this probably doesn't make sense to some people, but nine and three on a clock is a clock hand. So you want to breathe right to the side. So you literally are honestly just turning your head, your head's down, you're on it, you're just honestly just rolling your head to the side and then head back down. It's just a roll. It's like you're on a, what would you call it, babe? Like uh, you, I just envision that uh, rolling your head. piece of a clock underneath me as I'm swimming. And you're honestly just rolling to breathe. You're not lifting. You're not going to the front, right to the back. You're lifting. And as soon as you're another tip for people that breathe too early or too late, usually it's too late. Um, as soon as your right hand enters the water, you breathe to the left. Don't wait for it to start pulling because then you're breathing late and you're rolling and you're going to roll back and you're going to have to breathe to the back. I used to think as soon as my right hand enters the water, breathe early. Siri taught me that, breathe earlier because I'd find myself rolling on my back to get more air in. By then my body had rolled over, my arm had crossed over. So breathe as early as you can. Try and breathe as soon as that hand enters the water. If your right hand's entering the water, breathe to the left as soon as you feel it touch the water. If you want to breathe to the right, as soon as your left hand enters the water, start breathing to the, to the right. So 
hope that makes sense. Does that make sense to awesome. you? Awesome. Okay. Amazing. We're nearly home. We love you guys. We're going to show you guys our view because we are driving. So this is our street actually. For you guys that did the camp, you guys ran up this trail and I believe Arlena and a couple of other girls got lost and went home. We went up that hill there and then we came right around that loop and we came down. So this is, this is our road and that's our church. I hope you can see it. Um, but we're going to say goodnight now. Um, and I hope we didn't miss any questions. Thank we you love guys you guys. For being, I hope that let's helped. leave on one thought. Okay, Amperi um, Hogan, hello. Any suffering state, you guys, whether it's anxiety, fear, worry, depression, sadness, is because we're self-obsessing. Okay, so remember, whenever you feel bad, it's probably because you're obsessing over something having to do with yourself. Am I loved? Am I enough? Am I doing well enough? Um, all these problems, everything's going wrong, and that makes you feel sad. The single most biggest favor that you can do for yourself to get out of a suffering state and into a beautiful state is to think about another. Do something for another. Do something for your child. Do something for your husband. Do something for your wife. Do think about someone outside of yourself to take yourself out of that self-obsessive, um, you know, uh, tornado you're in. And that will release you from that suffering state and allow you to open your eyes to all the good that's out there. It can just release you from that state of suffering and put you in a space where you can really start enjoying and feel joy, peace, love, and all those wonderful things that life has to offer every single day. We love you guys. We love you guys. Thank you for tuning in. Allison, I want your video. Bye. Bye. Hey there, Cam here again. Hope you enjoyed that. For more tips and advice on triathlon, head over to the website at themeseriestriclub.com. While you're there, you'll also find training plans, club memberships, and even one-on-one coaching. See you next time.